disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. It's the Disruption Zone. Excited to have the uh, majority floor leader for the uh, for the uh, Kentucky Senate, Senator Damon Thayer. He's a good dude, and we're going to talk to him about a couple of things. One, his taste in music. We'll see if you like it. And two, our Sue Happy Governor. So we'll get into all of that conversation coming up here in just a minute. First, though, I want to thank our sponsors for this program, uh, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. I'm so happy with the work that they did on our house in Kentucky before we moved to Colorado. We enjoyed it for about three years, and then we sold the house. And I am confident that the way the kitchen looked was the reason why that house sold in less than a day. I mean, it was like, bam, on the market, bam, asking price. It was awesome. And they really did a great job. Tim Montgomery and his crew came in. I had an island that was just like, how am I going to use this? It was weird and awkward. I don't know. The people before us who owned the house had done some kind of weird I don't know, gymnastics in the kitchen. And we were like, dude, this is not working for us. And uh, Tim Montgomery comes in, looked at it, scratched his head, goes, I can fix that. So he did. And it was beautiful. And we ended up with some really gorgeous quartz countertops. And he just made the whole thing just look so much better and so much more usable. That was the thing. Your kitchen is the heart of your home. And it has to be usable space. You know what I mean? So they did that for us, and it was awesome. So if you're a turnkey guy, like I, I have no idea how to do projects in my home. I'm like, I'll hire somebody. Then you need to talk to their designers, uh, George, Kelly, Michelle. They're awesome. But if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you're a handy dude or whatever, or maybe you're a contractor and you know what you need, you know the dimensions, everything, they've got, uh, they've got cabinets in stock, affordable, super high quality. And you can go to their websites, LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com, and see these beautiful quality cabinets that they have. It's really awesome. And you can pick those up. They're ready to go, and they're high quality, and they're affordable. They also have some laminates that are ready to go. They can cut it for you today if you know your measurements. And then, of course, they've got every type of surface countertop that you're looking for. So LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. We're also brought to you by Dara Cross Tactical. Hey, Kentucky's a constitutional carry state. That's great. But don't you want to have your constitutional rights to carry and defend your family when you cross state lines? That's why you should get your concealed carry permit. You should also get it because it's the right thing to do to know the law surrounding the firearm and the use of the firearm, what you can and can't do, what you should and shouldn't do, and to know how to safely operate that firearm. And Kentucky requires a very thorough class, and the one that I recommend is Mark Dara with Dara Cross Tactical. It's owned and operated by a combat veteran, and he is going to walk you through how to safely operate your firearm when and where you can and can't use it and the Kentucky law and all of that. The thing about Kentucky's law being so thorough is it offers us a lot of reciprocity with a lot of other states. So again, might be constitutional carry in Kentucky, but if you ever leave the state, and I'm sure you do because I know I've seen you posting your pictures in Florida on vacation or Gulf Shores or Hilton Head or Myrtle Beach or uh, Gatlinburg, everybody. If you're going to go to Gatlinburg, you know, you're going to have you got you got to get on board and get that concealed carry permit. So you have your constitutional rights in other states that recognize Kentucky's permit. The classes are taught at Catfish Haven in Louisville, Jefferson County. Dude, catfish and a concealed carry. Are you freaking kidding me? Awesome. Right, combined classroom, hands-on, and range training in a single eight-hour course, and it meets Kentucky's range requirements. And here's the deal I love about Mark. Mark's a friend of mine. We go way back. I know he's a great instructor. I've seen part of his classes. I know what he does, and I know it's going to be entertaining and informative. But also, the cool thing is that Mark is your instructor for life. 
What that means is you take his class and then later you go, I got a question. You just uh, text him or email him and he will help you with that. So he's going to stick with you uh, throughout your firearms journey. So again, it's Dare Across Tactical. Uh, you can check out their website or, or their Facebook page rather, Dare Across. And by the way, Dare Across is spelled D-A-R-R-A-G-H. D-A-R-R-A-G-H. So Dara, two words, cross, Tactical, actually, that's three words, but you get what uh, you get my point, right? So, or you can just give him a call at 502-724-5899. All right, here he is, Senator Damon Thayer. Welcome back to the podcast, Senator Damon Thayer. How are you, sir? Hey, Leland, it's great to be on your show again. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, and I understand you're going to be out my way um, for a concert soon, so uh, that that sounds like fun. I am coming to Denver in September to see the Eagles in concert <laughs> This will be my seventh time to see my favorite band in concert. All right, so how many, okay, as I was going to ask, how many times have you seen them in concert? Like a lot of people, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of trips to a concert. I mean, that's a lot of trips to to see a band. That's that's pretty loyal. Like if you'll go um, across the country to see a band, that's that's pretty doggone loyal. I, I actually went across an ocean to see them in 2019. I saw them uh, and and Billy Joel on consecutive nights uh, at Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, with my kids what was that like to england what was that like <laughs> it's pretty amazing wembley is a great great facility yeah and they, there, there must have been sixty thousand people there uh and the acoustics were terrific the venue awesome and they had cheryl crow as their warm-up act i mean no. i would pay <laughs> i would pay a lot of money to see cheryl crow yes. as the act but <clears throat> she uh She's very good friends with Don Henley. She sang backup for Henley during his solo career uh, it, when the Eagles were broken up in the 80s. And he helped launch her solo career. So it was pretty awesome. She did a great song set and was really entertaining. And then they, 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 they're just amazing. And it's, it's different now because uh, Glenn Fry died. Yeah. And uh, so the, the band is different. The, uh, they've got Vince Gill uh in the band and then deacon fry glenn's son is in the band and deacon and vince gill split up glenn fry's songs so like deacon sings the rollicking songs like take it easy and already gone that glenn sang lead on but then the more uh country uh type songs that glenn sang like new kid in town and lion eyes and uh peaceful easy feeling uh, Vince does those and it's just, it's terrific. And and you still got, of course, Don Henley, uh, Joe Walsh and Timothy B. Schmidt in the band. It's just amazing. And, uh, I can't wait to see him. It's my birthday weekend. So I've, I've already purchased a, a bir an early birthday present for myself. I, I can't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Vince Gill was in there with them. That, that is actually an amazing pairing. I, I, I guess I'm just not, you know, I'm not all that up on music, but I love Vince Gill. And thinking about that as a that's a that's an awesome pairing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's the genius of Don Henley. Uh, after Glenn Fry died, he pretty much said, "Well, that's it. You know, we're never gonna. The Eagles are done." Right. And then he said, "Well, unless we can get Deacon to play with us," <laughs> and, and 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 so they took on Deacon. You know, he's like 25 years old. And and then added Vince to the band. Uh, they both are excellent guitar players. Yeah. But Vince Gill has sort of that high, uh, higher 
more, uh, I, I get not, I, I'm, I'm not a musically inclined guy, but he's just got that higher pitched voice right. to, to sing on those, those more ballady, uh, sort of easy flow and country type songs of the Eagles. Yeah, so it, it was works. really, ge- it was really genius. And, uh, you know, the fans love having Deacon in the band. He looks just like his dad did in the seventies when the Eagles were first starting out. Uh, he's got the long flowing hair uh, and you know, wears some of the same kind of T-shirts that his dad used to wear, like Dodgers T-shirts and things like that. <laughs> so it's, it's really pretty cool. And so they're, they're doing a Hotel California tour where they come out and they play the entire Hotel California album, uh, even, even the songs that weren't hits, which for Eagles fans is amazing. Then they take a, which is most likely a potty break because most of those guys are in their 70s. And then they come back and play a two-hour greatest hit sets and they do it in big enough venues like the one in denver and the one in atlanta where i saw them where they have a local choir and orchestra back them up so it's you know for a 70s classic music fan like me who's (laughs) a self-described eagles geek it's the bomb.com that's that's pretty hilarious yeah (laughs) that's only what the bomb.com is only like what 14 year old statement yeah i I know my kids my kids my kids and my girlfriend tell me that i shouldn't say that phrase (laughs) that's hilarious oh man all right well i wanted to have you on um really just to kind of talk about a couple things Uh, you had a a pretty awesome takedown on the governor the other day. Um, because here's the thing. The, the governor is saying that he will essentially reopen Kentucky when X amount of people get vaccinated. So he's essentially holding Kentucky's economy and people's freedoms hostage to what he determines is the right number of people to be vaccinated. And if I remember correctly, it's nine. he wants 900,000. Is that right? 900,000 adults in Kentucky vaccinated. Is that the correct number? And 2.5 million people total vaccinated Okay, he wants, in a state of four and a half million people. Right. He so wants he, two and a half million before he's going to lift the mask mandate and allow businesses to open up at capacity. Right. Uh, it's 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 ridiculous. It's an arbitrary mum, number. And like so much of his management of the covid crisis, he wants to pick winners and losers. And this will be his legacy. Uh, and like I said, on Kentucky tonight. Uh, earlier this week, he's going to have to stand for this. It will be the defining issue in the governor's race in 2023, his management of COVID. And and I believe it's going to start with the fact that he sent state troopers to cite people for going to church on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Then he essentially shut down the schools and then he picked winners and losers uh, in, in the economy by deciding which businesses could stay open and which ones couldn't. Uh, and and it's it. people are sick of it. I'm telling you, I went to a very well-known restaurant in Lexington last night, and I can tell you they are not following the capacity limits any longer. Right. And nor, nor should they. Right. Nor should they. It's ridiculous. We, we're, get, we're getting close to herd immunity. We know how to deal with this. We got hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, people still wear masks in and out of the restaurant, but once they sit down, they take them off. And, and besides restaurants have not been shown to be vectors for COVID. No, no. Uh, and, and it's just, he, he continues to use fear and panic to create compliance and control. 
Yeah. And that's just not how a republic is supposed to work. Not to mention the fact that he's completely ignored the legislature through this entire process over the last year, which means that the people's branch of government has been ignored Mm -hmm. by this governor. As you can probably tell, I'm pretty frustrated. No, I get it, and I and I think you speak for a lot of Kentuckians who are pretty frustrated. It, it's the double speak that drives me up the wall because you have, like you said, this number is arbitrary. Like, like why nine hundred thousand or why two point five million out of four million? Where does that number come from? What's the data? And the thing that that my understanding that the governor has never done, at least certainly not with with bringing in the legislature, and certainly not really getting drilling down into it with the public, is what is the what is the hold on a second here that's my uh my alarm that we have our thing going on here um so that but the governor has never gotten into the data for why he makes a lot of the decisions that he makes so again that arbitrary number why that number and this is why personally i think this is why there's been if people are upset about compliance with these mandates part of the reason is because none of the mandates make sense right like if you're going to say that if we not if we vaccinate 900,000 people then we don't need the mask mandate anymore at the same time that the Dr. Fauci is saying you have to wear two masks whether you've been vaccinated or not. Now he's being called on that and made a mockery of by Congress, thank God, because he, the guy's just saying stupid things. But that kind of misspeak or mismanagement of information or misdirection or manipulation is why people are just done with it. They're just they're sick of being told one thing here today and the next thing there tomorrow and and all of that. Well, I, 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 first of all, don't get me going on Fauci. Yeah. Well, no, we'll go ahead. Senator, go we'll go let, ahead. We'll let Senator, I mean, the guy, <laughs> he should not be allowed to speak in public on this, no. this crisis anymore Agreed. because the crisis is over and he's still acting like it is a crisis and trying to scare people. He should, he should be put back in a corner in the CDC and not allowed to speak in public. <laughs> But I'll, I'll let Senator Rand Paul continue the takedown of Fauci, and I'll, I'll focus on Governor Andy Bashir. You know, the legislature took many steps to recalibrate calibrate the balance of power in, in Kentucky between the so-called co-equal branches of government. Right. Um, we, you know, we, we limited the days a governor could call a state of emergency and required that the General Assembly, either in regular or special session, uh, be be uh, dealt with in deciding whether it will continue. And and by the way, we passed a resolution extending some of the non egregious executive orders related to the state of emergency. We did that in, as a show of good faith. Uh, things like related to continuing education, you know, you know, some of some of those things for various occupations, for example, have been difficult to do during during the pandemic. So. But we also eliminated the mask mandate. Uh, not many people know this because the Herald Leader and the Courier Journal didn't report it. But we voted to end the mask mandate. But he put it in the lawsuit, which Judge Shepard, of course, agreed with the governor. So three of our biggest bills to, to deal with executive authority during the pandemic are now being litigated in court, uh, including the ending of the mask mandate. So and that's what this governor does. He runs to Franklin Circuit uh, and then wins there. Anytime a court case happens outside of Franklin County, like in Boone Circuit or Scott Circuit here in, with the excellent judge uh, Brian Privet we have here in Scott Bourbon and the Woodford Circuit, he loses. But in Franklin County, he wins. 
and then it goes on up to the Supreme Court. And I think we can predict what those liberals in their black robes and their high and mighty stance will do. And uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. And people are frustrated by it, including me. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think I think, again, just kind of go back to what we were saying before. There's been so much just all over the board misdirection on what to do and what not to do. Uh, a perfect example, um, to use a local example where I'm at here in Colorado, we just had a big scandal involving the um, the vaccine distribution. We had a local, uh, basically an acne spa, a facial spa, where somehow or another they got a license to be a big distributor for the vaccine. They had 1,600 appointments on one day, one every three minutes. It got complete chaos. People got concerned because they saw that syringes you know, were laying around. They weren't sure how things were being stored. They called in the health department. The health department was like, oh, crap, yeah, this isn't good. They shut them down. Then the state comes in, confiscates 7,000, uh, do- uh, whatever you call them, 7,000 um, uh, know, v- vaccine doses, throws them away. And then the state issues a statement to people who had been vaccinated that was in direct contradiction with what the CDC says. The state was... Well, they issued this chart. They were like, if you got this vaccine, you have to wait this many days. Do it, Start over. Basically, the state told people to start over, whereas the CDC says, don't start over. We don't know what's going to happen if you start over, right? Like, if you've got a faulty dose, you're not. it's not a good idea. So there's all this, like, complete doublespeak, one contradicting the other, and people are people are like, what do I believe, right? And then at the same time, you have this total lot, you know, this this complete loss of freedom through these days which governors like Bashir have been happy to in the name of saving people's lives. You know, I don't I honestly I wonder sometimes I mean, I I know what I I don't want to question his motives in terms of the fact that I think he truly cares about Kentuckians and doesn't want people to die. But I think he's also a little bit drunk on his power right now. And he's been allowed to have too much of it. There's no doubt. Of course, there are examples of this all over the country, but the inconsistent guidance from government agencies, whether elected or unelected, is is starting to frustrate people. And this the recent debacle with J&J, Johnson and Johnson, where, you know, six people had uh, blood clots out of millions and millions. And now what, what we're seeing is the confidence has dropped in the vaccines. And that means we're going to get to herd immunity. Uh over a longer period of time. And I've been vaccinated and I took the two part Moderna vaccine. I had no side effects except for on the second vaccine. I had a a big red welt and a sore arm for about four days. Now, by the way, people metabolize it differently and there are other people who've had different side effects, but nothing long lasting. And I urge people to get the vaccine, but it should be a personal choice by the way. Right. It should be an absolute person. I think, I think people should get it. But if they don't want to, that's their choice. But but now you've got people who haven't been vaccinated yet who are going to be even less reluctant to do so because of mixed signals from the government that's been telling us to get vaccinated. And it's, it's just part of the, 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 the mismanagement of this from top to bottom. And, you know, I, I love Kentucky and I'm, I'm a transplant. I was I like to say I wasn't born in Kentucky, but I came here as soon as I could. <laughs> I moved here in 1992. I, I love it. My kids were born and raised here. Uh, I love the horses. I love the bourbon. Uh, I, you know, I love the people. But right now, I live in a state that is governed by one of the five worst governors in America. Mm. Uh, Andrew Cuomo from New York, 
uh, Tony Evers from Wisconsin, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, Gavin Newsom in California, and Andy Bashir in Kentucky. And I'm going to keep the pressure on because I want him to be a one-term governor, and I want some good Republican to be well-positioned to beat him. And I'm going to continue to remind people of the, the, the mistakes he has made in managing this crisis. And, and by the way, I think the crisis is over. I think we need to open up and get back to normal as quickly as possible. And back to your point, I think he is a little drunk with this power and wants to be in control. We started out at 15 days to flatten the curve, and now we're up to like 380 days of one man trying to control multiple aspects of everyone's daily lives. Yeah. And you guys are feeling the economy from that too, because, you know, I think you accurately ranked the five worst governors in America. I actually live in a liberal state now where you won't hear me often complimenting liberals. And certainly the, our governor Polis is in terms of politically actually to the left of Bashir in a lot of ways, but I gotta be honest with you. He handled the pandemic fairly admirably uh, in terms of at least compared to a lot of other governors that that bear the Democrat moniker. He never fully shut down the state's economy. Um, and, and, of course, I live in a very conservative town. Um, and it's funny because the state is about to turn over all of their mandates. And I don't know why Bashir can't do this, but Colorado is about to turn over all their mandates to local municipalities. They're basically the state is is releasing them, the, the basically saying, here's the deal. You guys make the decision. Here's our guide. Here's our suggestions but you guys make your own decision now we're good to go and that's that's what indiana did recently yeah and the mayor of colorado springs where i live said you know what we're not going to follow any of those suggestions we're going to trust the people to make common sense personal responsibility decisions and i was like yes i mean i don't even know what that's like um you know in a major metropolitan area having a mayor say something like that but back to your point i mean that's the thing is that bashir has as absolutely seem to really enjoy being able to just bypass the legislature and tell people what to do for the last you know, 14 months. Yeah. He pretty much despises us. Uh, he vetoed, I think 38 or 39 bills and we overrode almost all of them. And, um, you know, it was enjoyable making the motion to override the governor's veto uh, but it doesn't have to be this way. And of course, we overrode vetoes of Matt Bevan that we disagreed with. Right. Um, that's that's separation of powers. And uh, but to, I think I made the motion to override 29 vetoes plus a, a number of line item vetoes, including a line line item vetoes in the revenue bill, which was completely unconstitutional. He he can't override line item he can't override line items in a revenue bill just an appropriations bill but he did it anyway <laughs> so uh you know we went ahead and overrode the veto out of an abundance of caution um it's just it, he, he he's very thin-skinned leland uh he cannot take criticism um and you know i don't know if you heard but just earlier this week a major uh news story here where People who work for Andy Bashir in the unemployment insurance oh, yeah. office I saw this yesterday. You heard, you heard how they uh, they were helping they, themselves to uh, unemployment claims. The system. <laughs> they manipulated the system so they got unemployment benefits. You know this and didn't lose their Lieutenant, job. Did not lose their job. And this on top of Lieutenant Governor uh, Jacqueline Coleman making sure that uh, friends of hers 
uh, like her hairdresser, uh, were, were, were getting preference uh, in terms of getting the COVID vaccine. Uh, it's, 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 and, and his mismanagement of the unemployment insurance situation is, is, is another major strike against him. And it appears that we could be heading for a major scandal uh, in the unemployment insurance office. Yeah, the WDRB reported at least 19 state workers lied to collect unemployment benefits, essentially stealing more than $50,000 from state and federal government, according to a report by State Inspector General obtained by the Lexington Herald-Leader. That is juxtaposed against 400,000 emails from Kentuckians not even being opened who were trying to figure out what was going on with their unemployment and tens of thousands of Kentuckians, in my understanding, still not having had their questions answered about unemployment. You know, the governor may not have been the one that manipulated the system in that case, but under his leadership, this crisis took place. And he's done nothing but blame the previous administration um, for a crisis that's happening on his watch. So he doesn't take responsibility when things happen under his watch, um, you know, while he's happy to assume authorities that he doesn't have. My question on the the, um, 900,000 vaccinations does he have the legal authority to say, I'm going to give you these freedoms back when you have done this nu- this much vaccination? Like, Because I know he can't mandate that people get the vaccine. Um, can he mandate that the state stay a certain amount closed until a certain number get vaccinated? Like, where is his authority to say this number of vaccines before I allow these things to happen? I don't think he does, but with the legislature out of session and the courts gen- generally siding with him, uh, he, he, he probably will get away with it. Uh, there were 300 people in, uh, protesting it the other day in the rain in Frankfurt. Um, one media outlet reported it as dozens, but there was a count and it was like 296 people. And, and that's part of the problem we, here in Kentucky. We have a fawning media that just regurgitates his talking points and with rare exception, you know, and, and WDRB did break that story the other day. So props to them, but with rare exception, they don't question this governor. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, be, because when you do, you, they, he shuts your access off. The only time this governor has reached out to the legislature was last November, right before the second shutdown, he gained himself, uh, deigned himself uh, to have a Zoom call with legislative leadership, Democrat and Republican, came on, told us what he was going to do, opened it up to questions. And I raised my hand and I said, Governor, why did you wait this long to inform us uh, you know, of what you're doing? And he, his, his response, I'll never forget it, was, well, this is exactly why we can't have open communication. <laughs> because you asked him that question? Because I asked him... A legitimate question <laughs> that my constituents want the answer to. <laughs> he, he's, he's a petulant, thin-skinned little man, and it's 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 really sad that he's our governor I, uh, because I, we we were we were on an unbelievable trajectory, uh, and and it's going to take some work to get get us back on the beam yeah. uh, to to where we were before with under four percent unemployment. Uh, manufacturers coming into Kentucky wanting to locate here, uh, having a look. There are a lot of things, negative things you can say about Matt Bevan, and most of them are true. Uh, And I had to work with the guy, so I know the good and the bad. But one thing about Matt Bevan, the man 
was an unbelievable salesman for Kentucky. Right. And during his four years, he went out and personally sold more companies coming into Kentucky to create jobs or expand jobs than at any time in our recent history. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's striking how much different Governor Bashir is from his own dad in terms of access, too, by the way, because, um, you know, Steve Bashir uh, was. I had a lot of disagreements with him politically, but the guy would the guy would would talk to to the media. He would talk to opposing media, if you want to call me that. You know, he would come on the show. He actually, I I remember taking he he granted me a meeting. I wanted you guys, and you guys still haven't done it, by the way. So I'll put my hint in. I wanted you guys to eliminate the Kentucky income tax, put us on par with, um, you know, the state of Tennessee, and and then just establish a broad based sales tax. Governor Bashir's dad, the Governor Bashir, actually had a meeting with me where he looked at the plan that I had a couple of state legislators that put together. He actually had when I walked into his office, I saw the folder sitting there with the plan on his desk. He had handwritten notes on it. When I talked, he would write notes down. He didn't do it, but he had he gave that access, you know, and it was a totally different um a different thing and I completely agree with you about the media because this unemployment thing they they would have been all over demanding Bevin's resignation had this happened on Bevin's watch. Oh, and, oh my God! And it, it would this would be all you'd hear every five minutes. You'd see another story in the Herald Leader or the Courier Journal about how Bevin needs to go, and there'd be people you know with the vapors all over the place um, in the media. And it's kind of like they just post these stories, and they're like, oh, okay, okay, cool, all right, you know. And, he, he's just got them sort of beaten into submission with the daily press conference at four o'clock, which by the way is completely unnecessary Right. a year later to continue to have this daily presser. I'm I don't know of any other governor that's doing that. <laughs> look, I'm an, I'm an old PR guy. That's, that's my origination on the, on the, on the private side of my life. And you don't have a press conference unless you've got news. Right. But these, these people could continue to fall in line. So a couple of things to what you just said. Number one, I agree we should eliminate the income tax and go to a broad-based consumption tax. We started doing that under Bevin. We, we, we cut the personal rate and expanded the uh, sales tax to about 30 different services. I think we should go further. I don't know if we can ever get to the Tennessee model, but I, I'd like to think we could get to the Indiana model, which is a personal income tax down in the 3% range mm-hmm. and more broad-based consumption. So that's number one. Number two you're right about Governor Steve Bashir. I served with the guy for eight years. And I agree with you that we have a lot of political differences, but there were some things that he and I found common ground on. Right. Uh, medication reform in the horse racing industry, uh, a, a real commitment to, to getting uh, road and bridge projects out in my district, uh, and, and pension reform. The, my, my big pension reform bill of 2013 wouldn't have passed if Steve Bashir hadn't got behind it with House Democrats. And he used to invite me into his office for one-on-one meetings. I went to the governor's mansion multiple times and had lunch with him. And I wasn't the only one. He did this with multiple legislators across right. the board. Yeah. This governor doesn't do that. And by the way, it's not only with Republicans, but also with Democrats. Mm. I, and, and that may be a shocker to you. But he doesn't he doesn't have a very good working relationship with them either. Yeah. Now, they'll deny it publicly. But but I know that it's true. So who's going to run against him as a Republican? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I 
all my friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there's, there's, I, mean, I, I would, I would love to run against him myself, but I don't really uh, look forward to a, a, a primary against a bunch of my friends. Yeah. You know, if I, if I could, if I could, you know, pass go and go directly to the general election, I'd love to run against the guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I, because I think I, I could beat him and I think I would, I could turn this state around. Uh, There's... But th- I mean, there, there, there are a lot of really good people looking at this or, you know, being urged to look at it. Uh, former ambassador to Canada, ambassador to the United Nations and Trump, double Trump appointee, Kelly Kraft, um, Com- commissioner of agriculture, Ryan Quarles, Ryan's good guy, uh, uh, Congressman Jamie Comer. And I, and I know there are uh, several state reps and state senators who would consider it under the right circumstances. And I don't want to name any of them because I'll leave somebody out and they're all my friends and I don't want to make my friends mad. Yeah. Well, and I think also there ought to be a, a discussion around Daniel Cameron as well, um, the attorney general, because I think he's fantastic. So, But there's, I think Kentucky's bench is pretty good on the conservative side uh, at this we point. have a we have a very very deep bench and uh, it's a good problem to have and something that i've been working for since 1995 when i first got involved in kentucky republican politics all right i'll leave you with something since um i i think at some point you've probably texted me some joke about living in uh colorado and the smell of marijuana so i'm going to leave you with this story because i thought you would find it fascinating um According to the Associated Press, here in Colorado, we are uh, actually selling the rights to up to 14 plates, license plates, you know, vanity plates, with cannabis-themed phrases on them. And we're doing this to raise money for Colorado Disability. Okay, so there's like a group called Colorado Disability Funding. So the governor has allowed us, we're going to sell 14 plates. Here, here are the plates that are up for sale on bid. Bong, so you could have a license plate, Colorado license plate, bong. <laughs> Ganja, hash, is it 420? And my favorite, if you're a fan of South Park, Tegrity, as in Tegrity Farms. And the the uh, is it 420 is the most popular right now, getting a bid of $6,500 for that license plate. They're going to collect bids until 420 on April 20th. Is that the most Colorado thing you've ever heard? Leland. It takes a lot for me to be speechless, <laughs> but I am. Can you imagine driving through Kansas with a license plate bong from Colorado? Your ass is getting pulled over 37 times in 37 miles. <laughs> Something tells me there are certain people who won't really care. About no, that. no. They're going to have dancing bear stickers on the back of their windows. I guarantee you. I love it. I want the Tegrity one. That's the one I want <laughs> just because – and I've never smoked marijuana in my life, and I never will, but I still want that Tegrity license plate. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Well, I hope you, uh, hope, I hope you enjoy uh, the concert when you come out here to Colorado. I will be in Kentucky, by the way, uh, on June 5th uh, speaking at a conservative le- leadership conference. I'll have some more information about that in our next episode. But, um, you know, looking forward to being back in my home state of the bluegrass, once in Kentucky and always in Kentucky. And so it's good talking to you today and appreciate uh, all the info and keeping us up to date on what's going on. Um, I'm sure your Kentucky fans are glad to hear you're you're coming back to town as always it's great to talk to you and uh and and enjoy uh that snow out there in colorado no doubt all right have a great day thanks see you bye-bye all right always great talking with uh the senator damon thayer appreciate him coming on the show 
kind of keeping us updated on what's going on in Frankfurt. Coming up this week, we got some fun episodes. We're going to talk about Bigfoot and why we can't find a body. And there's actually, well, for the first time ever, I've talked to somebody who I think makes sense when they say it. I'm not sure I believe it. I'm just saying it makes sense when they say it. <laughs> so that episode is this week. I think we're going to talk to Ag Commissioner uh, uh, Ryan Quarles as well. So uh, lots of fun to get to this week. Uh, but I really want to thank our sponsors for the program. Uh, Dara Cross Tactical. Listen, um, if you're thinking about getting your concealed carry, and I know Kentucky's now constitutional carry, which I totally agree with and I love, but here's the deal. Do, do you ever leave Kentucky? Do you go to Florida on vacation? Do you go to Tennessee on vacation? Well, do you not want to practice your constitutional right to carry in those states? Okay, then. You're going to need reciprocity. So that means you need to get your concealed carry permit. Plus, it's also a responsible thing to do. I believe in constitutional carry in terms of your right, but I also believe in the responsibility of being a safe and responsibly armed citizen. And that is why I recommend Dara Cross Tactical for your concealed carry permit. Um, I know Mark Dara. He is a super dude. He's got military combat uh, experience, and he is going to help you understand the ins and outs of the law and understand the ins and outs of when you can use lethal force and understand the ins and outs of being safe with your firearm. And I wouldn't recommend him if I didn't believe in him. I've actually uh, been able to actually take part in part of his classes, and uh, I can tell you he is a fantastic instructor. Um, he's entertaining, and the information that you're going to get is very thorough. And the cool thing is he holds his classes at Catfish Haven in Jefferson County in Louisville. Dude, seriously, having to play the catfish and getting your concealed carry what better combination, right? So it's combined classroom, hands-on training, and range training in a single eight-hour course. So you're done when you're done with this course, and it meets all the requirements for your Kentucky CCDW. And Kentucky has a lot of reciprocity with a lot of other states because even though we're constitutional carry, when you get your concealed carry in Kentucky, it is very thorough. And so you're going to want to get that reciprocity for when you go on vacation. Um, so once you take his class, this is the other thing I love about him. He is your instructor for life meaning he's always going to be able to help you with questions going forward. So once you take his class, you can always text him or email him or whatever and be like, hey, I got a question, and he'll help you out with that, right? So the classes are second Saturday of May, June, and July. Um, and you can just visit Dara Cross Tactical Facebook page for more information, or you can just straight up give him a call, um, and he'll be happy to help you out with that. So that phone number is 502 724 5899 or just check out that Dare Cross Tactical Facebook page. We also want to thank Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Guys, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. I've been a, a customer of theirs mo a couple of times and I tell you, I, I had them do my kitchen and we loved it so much that we actually um, had them do our master bathroom and they did a fantastic job in both cases. In our kitchen, we chose to do um, quartz, it, it was a little more expensive, but it was beautiful, and it's a little bit lower maintenance, and so we really actually were glad we went with that choice. The thing about quartz now is it used to be in the old days, like quartz would be like, it was kind of hard to get quartz that looked like granite, but it, ours looked like granite. I mean, it had a pattern, and it was really cool. They've just come a long way with that, and so... um. I highly recommend Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They're uh, designers on staff, Michelle, George, Kelly. They're fantastic. They would love to talk to you about your dream kitchen. Or if you're a uh, do-it-yourselfer or a contractor and you just know what you want, you want to go in and pick them up, they've already got cabinets in stock that are ready for you to take. These are high-quality, super cool 
cabinets, all kinds of different styles that they've got ready, and they're affordable. So you're going to love Louisville cabinets and countertops. And you can go to louisvillecabinetsandcountertops.com to find out more information, to see the kind of cabinets they have in stock, or you can just give them a call at 502-930-3304. It's Tim Montgomery, great work ethic. His crews have great work ethic. They love and take a lot of pride in their craftsmanship, and I'm pretty sure that their their work in our kitchen was the reason our house sold in less than a day. So get it done at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Thanks to JP Web Design, Dynamics Audio Productions, and my good-for-nothing lazy co-host Cameron Mills. Uh, and thank you for downloading this podcast and being a true supporter. We appreciate it. Give us a five-star review on Google Play and Apple Podcasts because that makes them push it out to more people and it grows our message. So we would appreciate that. You can also download us at iHeartRadio on the app there and listen as well. We'll send new episodes to your phone every time we post one. And um, also, you can follow us on Instagram. It's at GreatLilando and at The Disruption Zone. And on uh, Twitter, it's at Leland Show and at Zone Disruption, because some jackwagon took the Disruption Zone Twitter feed, so I I have to do Zone Disruption, so that meanie. All right, that's it for me today. Again, lots more great episodes coming up this week. Stay tuned. I'm Leland Conway. It's the Disruption Zone. (laughs)